Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to The Savage Nation. I'm playing victory at sea because watching last night's debates and thinking about what I'm going to talk about with you today on this program, I feel as though we're living in a vacuum of time a state of suspended animation, a time before some great tragedy that is about to hit this nation. When I saw the lunatics last night, and I saw what they were suggesting for this nation, and I realized that a good portion of America believes in these lies, I realized we are as vulnerable, if not more vulnerable, than we have been in the entire history of this nation. As Mark Penn wrote of The Hill, very well written, by the way. By the end of this endless debate, spooned out in one-minute dollops, I walked out with a $1,000 a month check, an extra grand if I'm a female, untold reparations, dollars if I'm African-American, Medicare from birth covering everything I'll ever need until death, and the right to cross the border without any penalty if I'm from another country. Prosecuting criminals of any kind generally got a thumbs down, while white privilege made me immune from racist police who were painted as villains. And there will be no more pointless wars. Carbon emissions will be zero by 2030, but the government will run almost all health care in a short period of time. That's the best that the Democrats can produce. It's a shocker to me that the party, with so much money, cannot produce a candidate of any viability. We all know, having watched last night's debacle, that it's Trump's to lose. The only one who can defeat Trump is Trump himself. The smartest thing Trump could do is to disappear for a while. Stop responding to every bottom feeder. Stop reacting to everyone who says one word about him, even though his instinct is to fight everyone. Stop fighting everyone. You're the president. You're not a candidate. You're no longer a businessman fighting with union members in New York to build buildings. You're the president not only of America, but you represent the free world. And you represent it very well indeed. Don't let well, let me put it to you this way. Illegitimate non-carborundum is the way it was put. Don't let the bastards grind you down, Mr. Trump. And most importantly, don't let them drag you into the gutter where you don't belong. As I watched this last night, I had some immediate observations. I'll share them with you. Tulsi mopped the floor with Kamala, smart, beautiful war vet. Unfortunately, she's not uh, presidential material. She's another leftist like all the rest of them. It's a shame that a woman like Tulsi Gabbard, who was born on American Samoa, uh, the main island of Tutuia, born to Mike Gabbard and his wife, Carol, in 1983. By the way, Gabbard was two years old. Her family moved to Hawaii. Did you know her father is a member of the Hawaii Senate? Did you know that her father is, is of Samoan and European ancestry and teaches at the Catholic Church? Did you know her mother was born in Decatur, Indiana, is of German descent, but a practicing Hindu? Did you know that Gabbard chose Hinduism as her religion while she was a teenager? Did you know that Gabbard was homeschooled through high school, except for two years at a Christian missionary academy for girls in the Philippines? Did you know any of this? It's very interesting to me uh, that in 04, she volunteered for a 12-month tour in Iraq, serving in a field medical unit as a specialist with the 29th Support Battalion Medical Company. Uh, She then served afterwards in another military capacity. Now, the fact of the matter is, these are great qualifications for an individual who wants to rise in politics, and rise she has. She is a senator. But she wants to go higher than that. Unfortunately, she has not risen above the insane party politics of the Democrats of today. We will talk about that. The race to racism of the Democrat Party is a topic. 
I saw fossils attacking fossil fuel. I saw fossils attacking fossil fuels. I saw Yang banging the nation that gave him his fortune. I saw the low-grade race hustler Booker with zero integrity, who was the worst among unequals. I saw poor Kamala near tears, resorting to fifth-grade homilies, such as lift people up instead of beating them down, as though she's in the fifth-grade assembly giving us a, a little speech. The idiot Julie Castro denied America's economy is booming, but he says even if it is booming, we owe it to Barack Obama. I felt bad for Biden. He needed a nice head rub after the night, maybe a scotch. His voice was weak, and he allowed the corrupt de Blasio to punch him like a punching bag. Then there was this weirdo, Senator Bennett. What was up with his weird voice, his puppet hairdo? Who was he? Never heard of him. Uh, exhausting, depressing. The most devious people in America were on that stage last night. At the end of it, what I said was, drop term limits, Trump for life. I was just jesting. I believe in term limits. My last tweet was, Biden, if the teeth don't fit, you must acquit. I had to get comedic in the political arena because enough was enough. Welcome to the Savage Nation. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I should focus for a slight moment upon the Ministry of Truth, which is the media. As you well know, we all bash CNN, and rightly so. It's run by one of the most despicable racists in the history of the U.S. media. And he has marionettes whose stock and trade is racism and heterophobia and Christophobia. That's their, their stock and trade is racism, Christophobia, and heterophobia. That's the stock and trade of CNN. Unfortunately, on the other side, what do we really have? I don't want to bash Fox News and everyone on it. I know some of the people. They're very good people. But truthfully, I can hear my father speaking to me from the other world. And he's looking down. You see, he was an immigrant, and he was rather cynical of everyone in politics. He was skeptical of everyone in the news business. Are you telling me that those people who declare themselves to be, quote, conservatives really have your interests at heart? Are you really telling me that Fox News is the, are the guys in the white hats and CNN are the guys in the black hats? If that were true, why is it that I am banned from Fox News? Why is it that I am the only member of the American media banned from entering Britain and nobody on Fox News, including my friends, will dare touch the story because of people or elements within Fox News who refuse to acknowledge my existence, just as was done in the Soviet Union to dissidents? How many people in conservative talk radio went to bat for me when I was banned in Britain? Only one. You know what his name was? Bill O'Reilly. He's no longer on Fox News. Not because of that, but he had integrity. How many of the others on Fox News have a shred of integrity? I love conservatives who lecture you about how good they are. I love when they get up with their tens of millions of dollars and their private jets and their mansions and tell you that they're one of you. I love when you don't understand that they're only conservatives because they want low taxes. They care about nothing, nothing else whatsoever. I don't know where their principles lie, do you? They lectured you for years about conservatism, meaning small government, limited government. We now have the most bloated government in American history. In fact, today they signed a $2.6 trillion spending uh, fest, a spending fest of $2.6 trillion. Where are all of the phony conservatives who you've come to love so much and trust in so much who tell you that they're for limited government, smaller government? Where did those days go? And what are you going to make of the fact that yesterday tapes were released of the hero of the conservative movement, God himself, Ronald Reagan? Ronald Reagan, the God of the conservatives, the God, if there was a God in human pants, it would have been Ronald Reagan, caught on tape making a mockery of Africans, calling them apes. What are you going to make of that one? What you're going to find out is it's all a bunch of malarkey. At the end of the day, it's just a bunch of malarkey. And you've got to judge people by what they do, not by what they say. Do you understand what I just said to you? What they do, not what they say. You can judge me by the same standards. I'm, I'm totally prepared for that. But speaking about the debate itself last night, why is it that a guy like Don Lemon, who is a known racist and a hater of white people, even though apparently he lives with a white man. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but it's pretty well known. He lives with a white man, yet he has nothing but hatred for white people. 
every other word out of his mouth is about white privilege, white nationalism, white fascism. Why is he allowed to be a moderator at a debate when he is such a biased individual? Would you have sat still if, uh, let us say, if Fox ran the debates and they hired David Duke to be one of the moderators? David Luke, Duke is probably as biased as Don Lemon. Don Lemon is probably as biased as David Duke. David Duke is probably 20 times smarter than Don Lemon. But Don Lemon gets up there and sits there and, and imposes his racism upon the, quote, debates. Did you hear his first question? This is not the question you would expect from a debate moderator, is it? Let's listen to the Ministry of Truth that ran the debates last night in clip number three. Secretary Castro, after the president's racist tweets attacking Baltimore and Congressman Elijah Cummings, the mayor of Baltimore... Stop right there. This dummy, this 10-watt bulb, this man has the nerve to say after the president's racist tweets. That's an editorial. That's not a question. Do you know the difference? Now, I'm in the editorial business, but I am not a debate moderator. I am not a journalist. There are none. Well, if there are, I don't know who they are. There are some here and there. But when you say journalist, what do you think? Someone who's objective, someone who's immune from political sway. Who is that? Can you name a journalist in America today? Everyone who is called a journalist has a political bias, some more so than others. We in the opinion business are naked about our opinions. That's the only difference. Some of us have educations. That's another big difference. Some of us actually study science. That's another big difference. Some of us try to bring facts to our bias. That's another big difference. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you, the people, today to help me with something. I'm going to lay it out for you briefly right now, and then I'm going to elaborate on it later as the show goes on. I'm not going to spend the day talking about an old debate that's over. I will do a little bit of it, but not much of it. I'm going to do something that you didn't expect today, something that is very personal to me and something that is very important to me and something that only you can help me with. I have a petition up on michaelsavage.com. It says, Boris Johnson, please remove Michael Savage from the UK travel ban. It's been almost 10 years now. I'm still not allowed to travel to Britain or the United Kingdom. I was put on that list by far-left maniacs who are covering up their own crimes to make me a poster boy for everything evil in the world. They listed me along with Nazi skinheads, uh, shall I go down the list? It's so reprehensible to me what they did to me. So you say, well, why do you care? Why do you want your name off that list? Let me tell you why you have to help me. And I'm not raising money today. No, no, don't reach in your pocket. I'm not asking for a penny. No, no, no. I don't need your money. I don't want your money. Listen carefully. I need your support. We've got to reach Boris Johnson. We've got to reach President Trump. We've got to undo a grave injustice because it goes well beyond me. You see, today it's me. Tomorrow it could be one of your other favorite talk show hosts or writers or journalists or artists or philosophers. Do you understand how this spreads? Moreover, if a Democrat should win the election in 2020, which is highly unlikely, or in 2024, which is highly likely, what might happen at that point to people like myself who are on a, a list of countries that I cannot enter? Do you understand what might happen? I could be banished from my own nation. Do you understand today it's me? I am the canary in the coal mine. I have been for 10 years all alone. Will you help me? What can you do to help me? No money required. I'll be back to tell you on the Savage Nation. Savage. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold 
Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers. I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Yet I found something that's very interesting. Um, I post all of my uh, podcasts on on my site and so many other places. And one of my favorite was an uplifting one about the the Apollo 11 celebration last Monday. You know that it drew fewer people than the negative ones? I found out something. Positive stuff does not sell in the media. Hate sells. Evil sells. Uh Uplifting things don't sell. I'm sorry to tell you, we've been tabloidized to death. I want to read something from an ancient book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu that Donald Trump should read. Thus it is that in war, the victorious strategist only seeks battle after the victory has been won. Whereas he who is destined to defeat first fights and afterwards looks for victory. Now, what does that enigma mean? It's explained by another Chinese philosopher in this way. The paradox is said to mean in warfare, first lay plans which will ensure victory and then lead your army to battle. If you will not begin with stratagem, but rely on brute strength alone, victory will no longer be assured. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. The victorious strategist only seeks battle after the victory has been won. Whereas he who is destined to defeat first fights and afterwards looks for victory. I'll let you figure out what I mean by Donald Trump ought to read that. I have good news. We finally see one journalist who has come to bat for the truth. Immediately, the only one in the media who's come to bat for this issue of the ban on Michael Savage entering the UK is Paul Bedard of the Washington Examiner. He just wrote this article. Here it is. It's one paragraph. It's short and sweet. Michael Savage asks Boris Johnson to lift 10-year ban on him. Paul Bedard, Washington Examiner, out minutes ago. Conservative radio host Michael Savage finally sees an opening in reversing a 10-year ban on him in the UK. New Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Savage, noting that Johnson opposed the 09 ban, is petitioning the new Prime Minister for help. Quote, the ban has stood in place for a decade. Now is the time to lift the ban and take a stand for the rights of free speech that have come under assault in the land of the Magna Carta. Savage's lawyer, Daniel Horowitz, wrote in a letter shared with Secrets. Savage was lumped in with 21 others banned from the UK on May 5, 2009, on the former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. The author of Banned in Britain and National Radio Hall of Famer was accused of fostering hatred. I was the canary in the coal mine. I'm asking you, the good people of America... Mainly those of you who listen to this show, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or an independent, to lobby for me, to sign the petition, to call every radio show in the country, even if they're selling you T-shirts, and talk about the most important issue of our time. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Savage States of America. days of radio what does anyone stand for today in radio we stand for anything tell me what we're arguing for we're arguing against something the so-called conservatives in the media what are we standing for i want to know tell me what we stand for i'd like you to call the show and tell me what the hell conservatives stand for today oh i know limited government well why did they just support signing a 2.7 trillion dollar spending spree wait a minute uh 
Um, limitation of immigrants. Oh, really? More are coming in than, than under Obama. But wait, uh, we're better than them. We stand for, well, I don't know what, but we're conservatives and we're good. We wear the white hats and they're all evil. They wear the other hats, the pink hats. Well, they are all evil, but I don't know what the conservatives stand for in this country anymore. Do you? Where is the conservative party? There is none. Uh, we used to hear that Donald Trump would conquer the swamp. No one conquers the swamp. The swamp is the establishment. Get that through your thick heads. The swamp runs everything. The whole media is run by the swamp. If you think it's you versus the swamp, it shows you've been in swamp by lies. Now, I could focus today on last night's thing, but it's over. We're all thanking God that it's over. I mean, I guess that uh, we could focus on some of the craziest ones. I guess we could play a montage of the craziest things said at the debate, which we'll do in a minute, Robert. But I don't want to lose focus for one second. Would you please sign the petition? Hashtag free Michael Savage. Hashtag banned in Britain. And go to michaelsavage.com and get the petition or get it off Twitter or Facebook. It will not cost you anything. I will not put you on a list. I'm not raising money for you from this list. Now, people are saying, why do you care? Why do you want to go to that crappy country? It's been taken over by third world terrorists, by haters like uh, Khan, who runs London. I got to explain something to you. It's real important you understand it. Of course, it's about me. I would be, I would be lying to you if I said it wasn't about me. Why do I worry about being banned in Britain at this stage of my life? I mean, I'm comfortably living in America. I live a very um, controlled life, very controlled. I rarely go out. When I do, I'm very careful where I go. And I'm always prepared, like a Boy Scout, for the unexpected these days. Okay. But more or less, I pretty much watch my step. Why would I want to go to a place where I could be rounded up and thrown into a prison like Tommy Robinson? Well, I'm, fear, I'm, I'm fearing two things. That although Boris Johnson is the prime minister, he may not care at all about this issue of freedom of speech because they don't have a First Amendment. They do not enjoy a First Amendment in England. I don't know if you know that. We are amongst the luckiest people on the planet because the geniuses, the ancient white males, perceived the day that there would be people who would try to take away our freedom of speech. And interestingly enough, it's not the white nationalists who are trying to take away our speech. It's not the white supremacists who are trying to take away our speech. It's the exact opposite on the spectrum that is working around the clock to limit free speech. But I'm also concerned about you. If they can ban me for using satire or sarcasm or whatever it is I use, uh, even ridicule on my radio show, they can ban any comedian any singer, any songwriter, or any politician from entering England. And for a moment, I want to digress. I want to define satire, ridicule, and sarcasm for those of us who love talk radio. Most in talk radio are one-string guitars. They don't even know what satire, ridicule, and sarcasm is. The most they could do is say, he's not tall enough to fit on the podium, or she was so fat you could see her behind around the podium. That's what you get from the conservatives today, the clods who are driving the young ones away from any sense of what conservatism should be. Satire is the use of irony, sarcasm, ridicule, or the like in exposing, denouncing, or deriding vice or folly. And what is ridicule? We use it on talk radio all the time, if we know how. It's not easy. It is speech or action intended to cause contemptuous laughter at a person or thing. And what is derision? Derision, my friends, is ridicule. That's part of freedom of speech. And finally, sarcasm should be used all the time if you know how to do it. Well, what is sarcasm? Harsh or bitter derision or irony, a sharply ironical taunt, a sneering or cutting remark. That's freedom of speech, my friends. Of all of the above, Donald Trump is an expert in all of it. He uses uh, sarcasm all the time. He uses derision all the time. He uses ridicule all the time. And he uses satire to a certain extent, not much. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He has total control of the First Amendment. 
When I offend doctrinaire knee-jerk Republicans by pointing out that there are now more contractors than U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan, whose freedom am I denying? Is it the freedom of the military-industrial complex and K Street to rob the public? Is it the freedom of those who refuse to either win definitely or leave Afghanistan? Eisenhower warned us, beware the military-industrial complex. When I play his speech on my show, as I have repeatedly, who am I criticizing, Democrats or Republicans? I'll let you decide. When I state that our Army and Marine Corps heroes are being sent in to fight, to suffer and die, and then given court-martials if they do their job just a little too well by killing the enemy, whose freedoms am I denying? Now you understand why I'm banned in Britain. Just make sure that I'm not banned in America. Now let's play the other side. As bad as the Republicans are, as much as we have been lied to by this administration on immigration, on taxation, about the budget, and we have been lied to. So far, we've gotten screwed on all three. Let me be clear. We've been screwed on immigration lies. We've been screwed on tax lies. We have been, by the way, on taxes, you say everything's better. How is it that the five sisters who run Silicon Valley, who pay almost no taxes, who are brought to a European Union court, were protected by Donald Trump once they were finally brought to bear for not paying their taxes in Europe. Why did Trump go to bat for the tech companies in Europe and say Europe should lay off these five tech companies? Why is Trump not insisting that they pay their fair share? I'll let you figure it out. Take a look at who goes in and out of the Oval Office, and you'll come to understand who sets policy. The fact of the matter is, there are very good things that have been done, but those are not good things that have, that, that have not been done. On taxation, we have been lied to. On immigration, we have been lied to. What else have we been lied to? Tell me what else we have been lied to about. Certain things are better, but not everything is better. You don't want to hear this. I understand that. You only want to hear the Democrats are clowns and Trump is going to win. That's all you wanted to hear from me today. Biden is too old. Biden is finished. The others are crazy. It's all true. But you don't want me to sit here now and say everything is good on the other side. If we give Donald Trump a blank check, tell me how it's going to get better. What, are we going to have millions of more come over the border? Is that what you want? You want millions to more come over the border because Trump doesn't have to answer to his base? If we say to Donald Trump, you're doing great on the budget when we know the opposite is true, he's just going to keep printing money and spending like a drunk sailor. Is that what you want him to do? Don't you expect more from me? My job is not to be a guy who sits here and licks the boots of any president. Do you understand that? I am supposed to be a thorn in the side of a, of a politician. Do you get that? And if a talk show host ceases to be a thorn in the side of a politician, you can make one assumption, and that is they're angling for something. They want something. It's as simple as that. Having told you what I actually believe and asked you to sign the petition to free Michael Savage from being banned in Britain, which you can get on michaelsavage.com or on Twitter or on Facebook. I'd like to play a montage of the craziest things said by the most unqualified people in the history of campaigns in the United States of America in clip one. So the first thing that I'm going to do when I'm president is I'm going to Clorox the Oval Office. We will tax the hell out of the wealthy to make this a fairer country. There's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. We are 10 years too late. We need to do everything we can to start moving the climate in the right direction, but we also need to start moving our people to higher ground. First of all, uh, the president is a racist. We can no longer allow a white nationalist to be in the White House. She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. I think as a white woman of privilege, I can talk to those white women in the suburbs that voted for Trump and explain to them what white privilege actually is. The time is up. Our house is on fire. We have to stop using coal in 10 years. Mr. Vice President, you can't have it both ways. You invoke President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. We need to reform this whole immigration system and begin to be the country that says everyone has worth and dignity, and this should be a country that honors for everyone. Don't let the Republicans divide this party against itself. Everyone has worth and dignity. I invite you to go to michaelsavage.com and take a look at a link I put up from the New York Post this morning of a man who he would say who would have dignity. Let's see, he pushed someone onto the railroad tracks, he broke someone's jaw, and a group of good Samaritans tried to wrestle this homeless bum to the ground as he, as he was screaming, Allahu, ah, 
bar, which is going to take a while for you to find. All they say is he's a homeless, deranged man. He was screaming, Allahu Akbar, after he pushed someone on the tracks, broke someone's jaw. A group of men surrounded him to try to constrain him. And what was most interesting about that video, I watched it in great detail three times, is the kind of men who had the balls to stand up to him. They were ordinary-looking men, and they were not all white men. Although he was a black homeless man with a big uh, Akbar beard, and completely deranged, half naked, wiping his nose and his undershirt and crazy stuff. The people who confronted him were ordinary looking guys. Some of them was, they were not like John Marine. Some of them looked like the gravel the hipsters, beards, sandals, weird looking guys who were not afraid to fight. But amongst them were short guys that looked like Guatemalans to me or Mexicans that I have met. Man, the Mexicans are not that short. The Guatemalans are by and large. But they're very tough people. They're some of the toughest people I've ever met in my life. But here they are in New York, in the subway, going to work like everybody else, part of the fabric of society, part of the fabric of New York City that we hear so much about. And they, too, legal or illegal, were offended by this man throwing someone on the tracks. And why did the immigrant, legal or illegal, stand up with the white men to bring this guy to the ground? Why? Because they realized that a society that is disorderly will affect them and their children as much as it affects anybody. They understood it was indecent to throw somebody onto the railroad tracks. They understood that. And as he escapes their grip, this homeless Alu Akbar pusher, down the steps comes a large black guy in dreadlocks who pushes him down the steps. It was astounding to watch. You talk about a multiracial unit, about multiracial unity, you saw it there but you're not going to hear it from the mayor of New York City who's too busy selling lies. I want to go to the next uh, one, which is, well, save it for the second hour, the Dem debaters on climate crisis, because I know more about it than anybody in the media in the sense that nobody else in the media has a background in science. Some can read stuff that they read somewhere fairly well. They're good, they're good readers. They know how to read things, and they know how to get outraged and jack you up and stuff, which is great. But they really ought to talk about some of the science in their debates about uh, climate change. And the best argument I've seen yet to date, the simplest one that I've seen, is a discussion of the Vostok ice core samples, which I will do and then some in the next hour. Savage. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. And they may be able to help you, too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to iCancelTimeshare.com. That's iCancelTimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time. iCancelTimeshare.com. Thank you very much. iCancelTimeshare.com. For 40 years, working people have taken it on the chin in this country. For 40 years, the rich have gotten richer, and they've paid less and less in taxes. It cannot go on this way. When I'm president, we will even up the score, and we will tax the hell out of the wealthy to make this a fairer country and to make sure it's a country that puts working people first. Well, we know it's de Blasio, so we know that when he opens his mouth, he's lying. Where does he get his campaign funds from? The homeless in New York? The immigrants from New York? He gets them from the wealthiest New Yorkers. Which dinner parties does he attend? In the gutter with the homeless? Or on uh, in secret uh, apartments up and down Fifth Avenue, etc.? So, again, we will tax the hell out of the wealthy. Do you think anyone believes him? Do you actually think he's going to attack, attack Mark Zuckerberg? Do you actually think that any of the tech giants 
who have apartments in New York, London, Rome, San Francisco, Calcutta, New Delhi, uh, Shanghai. Do you think they're going to pay 10 cents more under a President de Blasio, which will never happen anyway? It's more lies. So what are they selling other than anger and hatred? So where does that leave you, the listener? I assume that the average person listening to me, whatever your endeavors may be in life, whether you're a small businessman or you're retired or you're an independent or even if you're a Democrat tired of the crap you're hearing about stuff that you know are nothing but lies, what do you make of all of this? Which way do you turn? You say to yourself, I know they're all full of it. I'm not voting for them because they'll destroy the country. But you don't like Donald Trump and you don't want to vote for him either. Well, what are you going to do come 2020? You'll say, you know what, I'll figure it out at that time, and that's what's going to happen. And until then, I think maybe we can talk about things other than an election that is a year and a half away. Is that possible? Can we move on to some other topics in the great universe of ideas? There are millions of them. They're endless, like the sands of time. And you can count on me to do so. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Climate crisis is the existential crisis for our world. It puts every living thing on this planet at risk. We are 10 years too late. We need to do everything we can to start moving the climate in the right direction, but we also need to start moving our people to higher ground. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right, and we won't meet that challenge with half steps or half measures. The time is up. Our house is on fire. We have to stop using coal in 10 years. There is no choice. If we love our children, and if we want to leave them a planet that is healthy and is habitable, we got to A, take on the fossil fuel industry. B, it means we have to transform our energy system away from fossil fuel. Climate change is not a separate issue. It must be the issue and the lens with which we view every issue. Nobody should get applause for rejoining the Paris Climate Accords. That is kindergarten. No, we we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen to this talk show, The Savage Nation, 25 years of it. It's not a short period of time. It's quite a monumental success when you think about it, especially when I was told that it wouldn't uh, make it right from the beginning. People said, you sound, oh, you sound too New York. You'll never make it. You're too conservative. You'll never make it. Well, here we are 25 years later. And uh, now we're hearing the big lie that the world has come to an end. It's not coming to an end, but it's actually ended for the Democrats on the stage. Now, it is true that they all flew there on jet planes. I don't think that they went by any other method. I think they all got to the debate somehow in an aircraft, just as the phonies got to uh, Sicily to their debate in private jets and huge mega yachts in order to tell us that we should be ashamed of ourselves for uh, using anything that produces carbon dioxide or whatever it is there talking about. But, you know, there's some inconvenient research that none of them seem to understand. I would challenge any of those morons on the stage, any one of those Democrats, I would gladly debate any one of them. I would debate Kamala Harris gladly on global warming, or I think they call it climate change now. Tulsi Gabbard, you name the individual, you're invited to come here and prove to me that there has been an uptick in temperature. Let me prove to the contrary. Let me show you real science as opposed to propaganda. And that is the inconvenient research called the Vostok Ice Core Samples. Those of you who purchased Government Zero, uh, a book that I wrote several books ago, understand what I am talking about. But I'm going to give you a short version right now. Many of you never heard of the Vostok Ice Core Samples, have you? But you've heard about the big lie of climate change, I'm sure of that. But this is real data. It's not created by Al Gore. It's not created by Bill de Blasio. It's not created for the Pope. 
This data was obtained by drilling down into the ice above Lake Vostok in Antarctica to a depth of 10,000 feet. You can follow that, right? They put a drilling core, a drill, into the ice going down 10,000 feet. That's about two miles. They were French and Russian scientists, and they pulled up deep core samples. Now, what did they do, what did they do that for? Well, they look at these ice core samples from 10,000 feet below the surface in the Antarctica, and they try to find out the history of temperature and carbon dioxide over the past 420,000 years. That's long before Kamala Harris met Willie Brown. That's long before Bill de Blasio changed his name to run for the mayorship. And guess what these samples showed? The, sa- the samples showed that increases in carbon dioxide always accompanied increases in temperature. But guess which came first? The increases in temperature came first. Right now we're being told by these science illiterates that the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is actually increasing the temperature in our atmosphere. It's the reverse. But what they found by digging up these ice core samples is that the increases in carbon dioxide consistently lagged behind temperature increases by about 800 years. What does this mean? This proves that increased levels of CO2 in the atmosphere did not cause warming. How could it have if it didn't happen until after the warming? This knocks over the whole house of cards. But that's not all the Vostok ice core samples tell us. As Joe Martino reported, 325,000 years ago, global temperatures and carbon dioxide levels were actually higher than they are today. Let me repeat that. Real science by real scientists based upon real evidence has shown science that 325,000 years ago, global temperatures and carbon dioxide levels were higher than they are today. In fact, we are right now at the end of another warm interglacial. And those of us who are educated in science know we're actually heading into another glacial cooling period where global temperatures will drop and ice will again form heavily at the poles. It's already happening. The Antarctic has just had the greatest growth of ice in a very long period of time. Don't take my word for it. Don't listen to politicians. Research it for yourself. So what do we say about this group of political radicals and their fake climate change idiots in the media? In short, they don't do scientific research scientifically. Their data is not representative of the Earth's climate as a whole. They don't control for other causes of temperature change. Their methodology and results are not approved by their peers other than those bought off by the politicians. But that's not the most damning evidence against this, against this scam. I can read more of it, but I won't. But I think you got the gist of it. You can read it for yourself uh, in one of my books or on your own on the Internet. I'd like uh, right now to talk about any other topic that seems to be grading you, and that includes the debates last night, uh, removing my name from the U.K. travel ban, the Dem debate. Uh, What do you think about the Examiner article that just came out in the last hour? Michael Savage asks Boris Johnson to lift a 10-year ban on him. Do you think Donald Trump will do something for me the way he did for the black rapper? I want you to think about how preposterous that was. Why would Donald Trump have been motivated by people within the inner circle to go to bat for a black rapper who got into a street fight? Does he actually think that more of those of that particular audience, those who listen to rap music, are going to vote for him because of that? I don't think so. But my audience is the audience that elected Donald Trump. Mine is the audience that Donald Trump should be appealing to, and I hope he does. I hope he does. But what topic is it that bothers you the most? What topic is it that you want to talk about the most? What topic is it that is not being talked about today in the radio or on television or in the newspapers that you want to sound off on? And remember, if you reach my call screener and you get on the Savage Nation by dialing 855-407-282 and you get to talk to people, you will be heard by more people than than you're going to meet for the rest of your life. Think about that. That's quite an awesome statement. 
Many of you have ideas and feelings and thoughts, and no one listens to you. And in the old days, maybe you wrote letters to the editor. Nobody does that anymore. First of all, the readership of newspapers is way down, but nobody bothers in this age of instant communication. You can send a letter to the editor right now by calling 855-4-SAVAGE on any of the topics that I've been talking about or any of the topics that you find to be worthy of your interest. Here's some other stories on michaelsavage.com. German city rocked after Kazakh man hacked to death by Syrian migrant in broad daylight. That's the new Germany. And it wasn't the white supremacist who hacked him to death. Oh, no, not a white supremacist at all. It was a Muslim supremacist. Let me talk about Muslim supremacy for a moment. Well, while I'm at it, why don't I talk about some other ethnic supremacies uh, while I'm at it, if you'd like. Uh, there are ethnic supremacists, by the way. Some of them are white. Some of them are black. Louis Farrakhan is, by definition, a black supremacist, isn't he? And what would you say occasional cortex is? What type of supremacist is she? A local news bureau reported shock in the German city of Stuttgart after a 36-year-old man was hacked to death with what appeared to be a katana-type sword in the middle of the street on Wednesday afternoon. There's a video of it. Uh, I don't even want to read it. I don't even want to read this anymore. The attack took place in front of dozens of witnesses and was filmed by passersby on mobile phones and saw a man, a 36-year-old German resident of Kazakhstan, lying on the floor and be, being repeatedly hacked at and stabbed with a sword, reports German newspaper Bild. Video recordings from the scene that was seen by Breitbart London show the victim lying helpless as the attacker raises the weapon above his head, bringing it down on the head and upper chest of the victim repeatedly while witnesses can be heard screaming and calling for police in the background. It was not done by a Nazi. It was not done by a white supremacist. It was done by another one of their wonderful Muslim immigrants. Everything you heard last night was a lie, a 180-degree lie. Everything they said about every topic was a downright, disgusting, filthy, dirty, dangerous lie that would destroy America. If any one of those evildoers became president, as bad as the system is now, as much as we have been allied to thus far, it would be baby play compared to what would happen if any of those psychopaths were to gain control of this uh, situation. We've got the callers. We're going to take them. Let's start with Robert in Vacaville. Robert, line one, go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, thanks. I know you didn't want to talk about Antarctica, but I did three tours down there. Uh, I was in a squadron that flew ice core samples back to McMurdo. And uh, a couple of years after I left, National Science Foundation friend called me and said, you know those ice core samples you guys used to bring back? Yeah. They said, well, what they're finding is that climate change shows that in tens of thousands of years rather than in hundreds of thousands of years, like most people thought. I mentioned that to a... Um, wait, wait, wait. In, in the, wait, wait. The samples show what happened in tens of thousands of years? They were showing that instead of tens of thousands of years of climate change, they were showing changes occurring in tens of hundreds of years. That's what the ice core samples were showing. That's yes, but, but in what direction were they showing it? It was showing um, that it was just what you had just said. Yeah, we're moving towards a, cool, a cooling period, right? Correct, yeah. But I mentioned this to an elected official, a member of Congress here in the Bay Area, and instead of going, oh, that's interesting, I got, uh, got my head bit off saying, who told you that? Like, I just let go a secret. So That's because, you, listen to me, what they are are brainwashed professional Marxist liars. They do not want to know the truth, and if they do, they, they do not want to disseminate the truth. Their racket today is peddling the hysteria of global warming, and we're all going to die. I presented evidence to the contrary, and you're a man who actually flew the samples in a number of times, I would guess over a number of years, out of uh, the Antarctic. Uh, do you know where Vostok Mountain is, by the way? Yes. See, there is a, okay, see, there is a Vostok, folks, out there, all you skeptics. There is a Vostok Mountain in Antarctica. And when they drill down 10,000 feet, that's two miles into the core. 
And when they pulled up the sample, they found out that the opposite was true from what these phonies on the stage last night were peddling. And I thank you for that call. We thank you for your service. We certainly do. New Mexico, Barbara, you have a great point. What is it? Welcome to the Savage Nation. Hi, thank you, Dr. Savage. I'm honored to talk to you. To start with, you know, this is totally off topic, but you did say what's bugging you that's not being addressed in yep. the media. Right. What's going on at the border, of, on our borders? Did we just forget about all those thousands of illegal immigrants coming over? No, there's been a bigger surge than under Obama. Exactly. Uh, 1.1 million expected at southern border this year. A new migration surge is building for the autumn. 218,000 of these illegal aliens were released into the United States since December. So tell me who's in charge and tell me how the difference, where the difference lies between the two lying parties. Tell me, where, where's the difference, Barbara? You, you tell me, honestly, Santa Fe, New Mexico is All a- right, well, thank you. I made my point. I'll move on. Thanks for calling. Savage. You know who destroyed the world? People like Rupert Murdoch destroyed the world. Those who have turned tabloid news into an art form, where no matter what the article is, you look to the right, you see another woman with her brassiere falling off, her panties falling out of her hair. These people are insane, but you know what they do to the human mind? You're trying to read a story, and on the right, there's someone with his brassiere's falling off. Or, oh my, there she is cavorting on the beach like I've never seen it before. They're implying that unless you're having an orgasm several thousand times a day, somehow you're being denied uh, the most the human uh, experience can afford. How many orgasms can a person have a day? According to the purveyors of this filth, you should have an orgasm as often as possible, as frequently as possible, like a rat in in a maze, like a mink in heat. You should be constantly seeking to have an orgasm. That's what the whole newspaper business is about. You're missing out somehow. It's Leon DiCaprio who's having an orgasm every second. That's the article. Life after Leo. Where are Leonardo DiCaprio's exes now? Hugh Jackman jaunts down the beach and more star snaps. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, if only you were them, you'd be having an orgasm a second. Thousands a day. Like a hummingbird. Like a mosquito. Instead, you're a poor schlub. Who, if you're lucky, who knows how many times a week or a month. And that's what the newspapers do. They feed you this lie, this big lie about everything, whether it's about the level of pleasure you're entitled to and entitled to expect as a human being, what to eat, what to drink, what to think, who to be with. It's astounding to me the world can even go on uh, with the level of tabloid, I wouldn't even call it journalism, tabloid filth that flows into the minds of man. So you actually think That the same guy who puts out this pornography, who has a news channel, tries to put out the truth? He he does? I don't think so. I think it's all a crock of healed flip-flops burnt on a charcoal fire. The Westwood One Podcast Network.